For this portion of Organic Matters, let's take a little time and talk about fall vegetable gardening. I'm just in the previous quarter that I just finished. If you follow the whole show, you'll realize that I started to do that up front, but I had too much I needed to, I thought, get out on information on general. I don't do much in the way of shrubs, roses. I do put some trees out once in a while. I'm mostly a food grower. So that's most of it. I thought I'd better at least give everybody sort of a general because this is the time of year for roses and things to get out pretty quick. And so I thought I'd bring that up. But now we're just going to talk about the easiest edible gardening season in the whole year actually starts about now. You're going you're gonna to hear this at the very end of August, 1st of September. So give that a little space there. I can't because I'm traveling. Uh, I have to sometimes cut these shows a little earlier, a little later than normal. I usually try to do them one day before you hear them. Plants, beets, broccolis, Brussels sprouts, especially Brussels sprouts, they take a little longer. Cabbage, carrots, cauliflowers. Garlic, but I would wait. I mean, this is a little early. I, I put my garlic in at the end of September, 1st of October. Swiss chard is a little more cold sensitive than some of the other greens, so go ahead and get that stuff in. Other greens such as collards, kale, if you like kohlrabi. I do. Some people have never grown it. Number of different lettuces, mustards, spinach, and, and of course turnips. Still plenty of time for some green onions, radishes if you like them. I happen to love arugula. It grows very well. You can even wait a little bit. It's pretty hearty. Dills and parsleys if you are into herbs. Also a good time to plant them. I'd wait a little bit, but not too long if you happen to be a cilantro person. I am. If you plant it too early, it may bolt yet. But there is some no-bolt or low-bolt particular cilantros out there. Just be sure and shop for them. Now I'm going to take a minute or two here and do something a little different and actually give you some names of what I call proven individual species of turnips and spinach and some that seem to just do better in the zone eight areas than than some of the others now most any of the names that you pick up at the average plant shop which i prefer over the big box stores will most certainly probably just do fine in your garden but some of these i'm going to mention i have known and grown myself or i've had people recommend to me and they just seem to get a little edge that, that's a little different and a little better than maybe a very similar species by a different name. So anyway, here's a few names of some of the, I've, I call them proven, but I used to do a lot more gardening than I even do now, for these fall plants that'll do well here. With beets, which I happen to love, and incidentally, most beets you can eat the tops and eat the beet. A, a Swiss chard is really a, in the beet plant, but they grow it for the leaves instead of for the beet. I grew a ruby queen, which really came out. The other one that I heard about but I haven't grown, I've seen them grown by a friend of mine that's a really good gardener. It's called Detroit Dark Red, if you come across. But Ruby Queen was my number one for beets. For as broccoli goes, you can't beat, if you can find it, green magic for this part of the country or this this zone. The second choice might be one they call Pac-Man. It's a little bit smaller, but it's a very, very good broccoli. And cabbages, you Almost any of them you pick up do pretty well. We have, if you get your soil in it properly, most any of the cabbages, but the, the one that I have been planted up until a few years ago when I had to move and haven't had the chance to get my garden really running again was called Bravo, and it worked really well for me. I think we talked carrots, good time for carrots. The, the one that worked best in my 
that you want a regular carrot now is called the Imperator 58. And then they also have a really pretty, it's, it's, more, it's more red than orange, and it's called Red Core Chantenay. And those two will do really well here if you get your, for carrots you do probably, I don't do much in the way of tilling, but do make sure that your garden is, has good tilthy soil. If you do that, you never walk on it. If you do regular four by eight gardens, then by all means, it'll stay t- have good tilth for a long time. Guess I should mention, cucumbers are a bit more sensitive than some of them, but you still got time if you get them in right away. And as far as a slicer, a regular cucumber, the Dasher 2, if you can find it, B-A-S-H-E-R, excellent for slicing. And in the way of pickling, it's hard to, to get a more hardy, easier to grow pickling cucumber than a calypso in this part of the country. We have eggplants, all, I think all over the country, but certainly here. The particular eggplant that does well is just the, the famous old Black Beauty. Nice, pretty big eggplant. In the way of orientals, they're much smaller, but they really have, I think, a better flavor. It's, it's called the Ichiban. Some people say Ichiban, but it's Ichiban. And it's a Japanese eggplant that does very well here. Let me just mention a couple more plants because you could beat this to the ground. Garlic. I wait till the last of September, the first of October myself to put garlic in this part of the country. You can't beat the California early. There is a California white, and the other one that is, actually I'm told not even really a garlic, but it, it, we all love it as garlic, is that elephant garlic seem to grow pretty well in this zone. If you get them in again, by the yeah, last week of September, first week of October, so it'll give you plenty of time to give you some pretty early garlic next spring. And finally, in the field of onions, of course we all know the Texas 1015Y. It is a short day onion, so it'll do pretty doggone well. And they can get big if you really take care of them. Do realize that these really sweet onions like the 1015 don't quite have the, I call the word shelf life of some of the uh, other onions, but I just think for general use, I love the 1015. It also makes, and this used to be an end thing, it's kind of gone now, the blooming onion. If you've ever done blooming onions, I don't do a heck of a lot of frying of anything anymore. And I haven't uh, tried to learn how to do that in an air fryer, but I bet there's a recipe. So anyway, that's sort of a rundown of the, the basics of what I put in the garden in the fall. There are others you can sure look up, but I thought I'd give you some names of actual ones that I have grown and or have known people to be very successful with. Even though we've been actually talking vegetables, I do want to mention something that because I have a friend that uh, actually did it this past year. He waited till the spring to put in his spring flowering garden. Doesn't work quite that way, folks. Starting now, but actually I go one the end of September for most of my, if I'm putting wildflowers up, very early October, the end of September is perfect time for planting the next spring's blooming wildflowers. In my part of the country, for instance, such as blue bonnets. If you want to plant wildflowers, don't delay very long. A lot of them can't even go in by the time you get this, the 1st of September. I get into the middle or last of September and 1st of October. Part mostly, I get them when I find where I can find the seeds. So that helps a lot. And here's my method in general of putting wildflower seeds out. Now, if you're doing acres and acres, this is not as easy as it sounds. But for most people, doing a portion of, and I think everybody should take a portion of what they call their lawn, 
Juicy, if you want some grass, save it. But I think wildflowers are far more beautiful and certainly far better for the environment for all of our buzzies, our bees and our butterflies and even a number of beetles and flies actually can only uh, exist and subsist when there's a, a good number of wildflowers around. So select a sunny site with soil. It doesn't have to be too fertile, folks, but, but good drainage. If you have a little low spot that holds water, that's probably not the best place for most of your wildflowers. Remove any vegetation that you possibly can, although I have actually just raked it. I rake the soil, then I take the seeds. I actually usually mix my seeds if they're small and a number of them are tiny with I usually use cement sand that you buy for a couple of bucks, you get more than you need. And then it makes you able to distribute those seeds much more evenly as you just sift out, throw it all out by the hands full. Then after that, I take the thinnest layer. This, these things can't, well, shouldn't go deep. I take the thinnest layer of the finest composted material, the finer ones that I can find, and I, I lightly sprinkle everywhere I sprinkle the seeds till it's almost it's as if it was a light snowfall. Just the lightest amount of good, good finished composted material. I lightly water, and then the best thing you can do is get a little roller press, but if you're not, at least press that in. It sounds like, well, I don't want to walk on my seeds or I don't want to. Yes, it really does help. They need to have good surface connection with the soil. If they are in a place you can water them, yes, lightly, regularly water them is the best thing if Mother Nature doesn't happen to come along at the right times. And be patient. The only other thing that makes them, uh, uh, to me, more fun than ever is at the other end of the season. Don't cut them down too soon. I even saw a note on somebody's, well, actually it was on their mailbox, and that's probably not legal. <laughs> but because they had left their flowers to go to seed, they do get a little dry and they get a little, and it looks like you've got, folks, a, uh, a weed is just a flower in the wrong place. So think about that and, and let them go through. The, you can tell when they're seeding out. When those, almost all of them, you'll see when the whatever kind of pod they got begins to get brown and begins to loosen up. And then you can either gather them. I actually put them in, don't put them in plastic bags as a rule. Put them in paper bags in a cool spot for next fall. Or if you know your garden's going to be there and you can, you know, you're going to lose some to the birds if you just cut it down. But if you cut them down and let them lay there, uh, a good number of those seeds will automatically, of course, replant themselves, sometimes thicker and better than you first put them in when you first planted the garden. And finally, always realize, even when you put those out, you might put them thick. But when you're planting the greens I just mentioned to you, whether it's Swiss chard called rainbow, I didn't even bring up Swiss chard. My favorite's rainbow just because of the color and it tastes as good as any of them. A number of these plants can go in with other gardening. Well, you might be putting in three roses and, and have a couple of Swiss chards or beautiful blue kale. You don't even have to eat the blue kale. It is so ornamental that it is actually a beautiful part of, of your landscape. So think about putting, uh, one I used to have is those beautiful blue morning gores. I still like heavenly blues, but I transplanted a number of beans from my garden. Uh, they, what they call them hyacinth beans. And I've got mixed uh, statements on whether they're really good or not. I got them young enough. They were certainly good. They do need to be well cooked. There are some natural chemistry in some of the beans that 
don't digest very well if you eat them raw. I don't know if people realize that or not. So, and I happen to cook my beans very, very slowly. I cook them below boiling at a simmer for much longer. And the science that I read that got me into that shows that you actually get a lot more nutrition. Once you get above the boiling point, some of the things that are good for you sort of get uh, boiled out, if that's the word. They go sterile and they don't get you the same amount of nutrient. So anyway, that's sort of a quick gardening, uh, mostly of vegetables. But I thought everybody should at least get their wildflower seeds in a little earlier than most people do. If you want to get yourself a wildflower garden area, think about it in the fall. Don't wait till next year when you think, oh, I wish I'd have done that. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters.